Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Happy New Year to everyone. It's 2023. We waited and waited and waited and we made it. Here we are. This is week three of my annual Crystal Ball prediction special. I have a panel, very special people. They all appeared during the calendar year 2022 on one of my series, The Savvy Innovators, presented by BMC Software. I'm very honored to have you all here. Let me start out with my buzz-laden opening quote, then I'll do a quick introduction, and each of my special guests today gets three and a half minutes on the clock. You have been warned to give us your predictions on business, technology, we'd love a sports prediction, or something nice about the world. So here we go. I have buzz number one. This is a lyric from What's It Worth? Song by Stephen Stills, but most of you may know it as sung by Buffalo Springfield, 1966. People are saying, what, Bonnie, I wasn't alive. Yes, you were. Most of you were. So was I. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. No, I didn't sing it. Thank goodness. Quote number two is Gasto. I'm sorry, Gusto, voiced by Brad Garrett in Ratatouille, a 2007 computer animated comedy film. If you focus on what you left behind, you will never see what lies ahead. Isn't that true of predictions? I have a quote from Judy Garland playing Dorothy Gale, talking to Toto, who was played by a dog named Terry, believe it or not. In The Wizard of Oz 1939 musical fantasy film, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. We all know that one. One more quote, Don Draper. John Hamm in Mad Men. Oh, I love that series. Period drama TV series about the advertising business in New York, 2007 to 2015. If you don't like what's being said, change the conversation. And that's what we're hoping to do today. So to our audience all over the web, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, we're live, we're on Voice America Business Channel. If you're hoping to gaze into a crystal ball to see what 2023 holds, well, we've got the next best thing. Today is January 4th already. Four days into the new year, 2023, and I'm welcoming, as I said, panelists from BMC's The Savvy Innovators Radio on the first new technology revolution show of the year, week three of week six in our special. I have to do a shout out to three very, very smart special ladies, Stephanie Grubbs, Janelle Along Diacabana, and Hannah Cho at BMC. Everybody give these ladies a quick round of applause here. They put together a wonderful series last year, and I'm hoping they will come back this year. And they've introduced me to all of you wonderful talented savvy innovators. So in total over my special in six weeks, you'll hear almost 60 at 66-0, thought leadership futurists covering the exciting technologies, strategies, and trends that can help your business, your career, your industry, your community, your family, and the world thrive in 2023 and beyond. So to our listeners and viewers, pour a mug of Joe, that's easy, or a cup of Earl. I had some Earl the other day. A glass of Jack, I think Phil liked that one. Or if you have any leftover Dom, there must be a flute somewhere. Make sure it's clean. And join us for... Technology Revolution, the future of now, 2023 Crystal Ball Predictions, week three 
live. Here we go. Here are my special guests. I'm going to do a brief introduction. Just raise your hand and wave and a quick hello when I call you Jennifer Glensky. Hello, Jennifer. She's a director Hi. of product management for BMC Software and advisor to an AI startup in healthcare. She's not busy at all. And part-time faculty in the Georgia Tech Graduate Analytics Program. She was honored by AFCEA's 2022 40 Under 40 Award for contributions in a technical field through innovation and the Northern Virginia Technology Council's 2021 Next Gen Leader Award. Jennifer, welcome. So happy to have you here. And then we have Sam. Sam, you're 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 going to be fine. You don't need to pray. It's okay. You can. Un yeah, there you are. Sam Lacundi has been on so many shows with me this past year. He's a VP of Innovation at BMC. He leads new cutting-edge innovation, that's the best kind, Sam, that drive the next generation of solutions. Over the past two decades, he's worked with Fortune 500 organizations, and Sam speaks, and I love this in your bio, over five languages. How many over, Sam? Can you unmute real fast? How many more than five languages? Do you know? There's two more about that. Okay, so seven. We're updating your bio. Seven languages. Thank you very much. I I majored in math. No, I didn't really, but I like that. Lynn Moffat is with us. Lynn Wayfellow. Hello. Lynn is vice president of human resources with BMC Software. Previously, she was an HR advisor for Anadarko Petroleum Corporation and director of human resources with Hornbeck Offshore Services Inc. Lynn, welcome. So happy to have you here. And then Thank we have you. Tom Soderstrom. Hello, Tom. Tom leads the worldwide chief tech technologists at AWS Amazon Web Services Public Sector. From 2006 to 2020, Tom was the IT Chief Technology and Innovation Officer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. OMG. Every time I read that, Tom, I, I want to just break out and cheering for you. Supporting innovative space missions and emerging IT trends and mentoring the next generation of IT and space explorers. Tom, welcome. So happy to have you here. Then we have Aditya Varma. Hello, Aditya dressed up. Look at what he's wearing today, everyone. I haven't seen anything like that in years. I am so honored. I assume it was for me. Aditya leads the strategic program for digital transition, innovation, and transformation for an Indian federal agency. He works with emerging disruptive technology trends, including, get this, quantum cryptography. I haven't heard of that one yet. Blockchain for ops supply chain. That's a big one. IIoT, AR, VR, big data, and AIML. Aditya, welcome and thanks for dressing up. I love it. Let's now go to Angela Nakora. Angela, so happy. She's in the mountains somewhere and she's traveling and came to us. Angela is a professor of computer science at Lucerne University of Applied Sciences in Switzerland. She is heading the IoT Innovation Lab and IoT Systems and Software Research. For her technical contributions and work, she earned the Intel Division Recognition Award. Congratulations, Angela. She was, an, she was a Woman in IT Awards U.S. finalist. Very impressive. And she's a top 10 woman innovator in the U.S. Angela, it's always an honor to welcome you. Thank you for joining us. And we Thank have you Rob very much, Pet Thank you. Rob Petrosino. There he is. Wave hello. He heads the Innovation Division at Peak Activity, spearheading efforts around spatial computing and machine learning and instilling innovation in businesses. They need that, Rob. He studies in his studies in new media and digital arts at the College of the Holy Cross led to a role strategizing with C-suite executives and implementing 
breakthrough solutions. Rob, I love your background. I'm going to steal it after the show. We have Surya Panditi with us today. He was recently, hi, Surya, president and CEO of NLENELX North America, a technology-based clean energy business. Yes, we need more of that. He has managed a $4 billion business. He did the most successful IPO of the third quarter in 2000, still quite an accolade, and founded a consumer app startup. Welcome, Surya. And we have Phil Vincennes. I had to practice and strategize his last name so I get it right. Phil is the Chief Analytics Officer for IntelliDyne. It's a government contractor developing solutions for cybersecurity, healthcare, financial management, suicide prevention, very important, and national security. Get this, in 2009, Phil founded NetVentures, capital N, capital V, one word, a tech consultancy for federal defense and commercial organizations. And Phil, I still haven't heard you tell anything about this. We'll have to meet after the show. His analytic solutions have supported CNN broadcasts and served as a backdrop in Hollywood films. Yay, Phil! So thank you everyone for joining That Said, our show's over. Oh no, okay, we're gonna do the predictions now. Rob was waiting for me to say something funny. I didn't wanna let you down. Jennifer, I'm putting you up on screen, three and a half minutes. We are ready for you. Go ahead and just engage us, lure us into your predictions and tell us what's on your mind. Jennifer, go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. My first prediction is that in 2023, as we're seeing more companies recognize the value of data, we're seeing them also adopt data op strategies and trying to become more of a data-driven or data-informed business. Those that have already begun this process are seeing a reduction in the number of times data errors cause exceptions or interruptions in their applications, and they're able to deliver their data projects faster. This all comes together to help them build trust and quality back into the data environment and improve their business outcomes. For my second prediction, focuses on the large volume of data. Yeah. So we know everyone's creating a lot of data every day, every year, and statistical reports that each person this year will create 97 zettabytes of data by the end of the year, which is a 97 with 21 zeros after it. With all of this data, we're seeing more of a need for self-service data so that data professionals can help data consumers access the data they need. And this creates an opportunity for innovation across companies. Lastly, we're seeing a trend in integrating change management into agile development that also enables innovation. By integrating these change management processes with leading agile development solutions, such as the tools that developers are already choosing and using themselves, it allows them to boost service quality, reduce downtime, and resolve issues more quickly, which all in all enables faster innovation. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I love the Zettabyte idea. I don't think we can count it. We don't have any idea what it means to us, but it's big. There we go. Let's go. I'm not even going to switch off the view here. Sam Lakundi, take over. We're ready for you. Go ahead, Sam. Awesome. So um, my my uh, predictions are uh, in 2023. I mean, go back to what uh, Jennifer just said about data, right? Not naturally, we know data is uh, is the most important thing. But uh, on the lines of that, I think uh, my my uh, my predictions are to start with edge computing, and what you see behind me is basically uh, a synopsis of uh, what we have in edge computing is is. A, Data latency is is definitely a problem, and and we see we will see a lot of organizations trying to bring uh, edge analytics, edge data, uh, you know data, uh, you know data decisions right at the edge. And so we we strongly believe 
that uh, edge computing is going to be a big part of this uh, journey. My second prediction is goes against uh, in the lines of what Jennifer said was about data and, and automation, right? Again, they go hand in hand. It's about continuous integration and automation into business operations. Uh, AI naturally is a is a foundation requirement for any auto autonomous digital enterprise, and I think it'll live up to its hype. Uh, because it supports the businesses in, in automation by lowering costs, reducing errors. Uh, and, and we are seeing that tremendously in our business for the last two or three years uh, where, you know, things such as, um, you know, predictive IT and so on are going to play a big part. My third prediction is about uh, what is in my hand, which is uh, AR and VR, right? I mean, this was more of a hype to begin with, like maybe two years ago, but I strongly believe that, uh, uh, the metaverse is getting a lot more real. People are going to start uh, looking, you know, I mean, I was talking to an airline pilot where they talk about uh, they do most of their training now beginning with, with you know, things like AR and VR uh, and so on. So I, I see that coming more in the enterprise. And, and I absolutely think that that's going to be a huge value and uh, a change in, in what we are going to see in, in 23. Uh, the last one that I predict is uh, is really bringing more of the digital and physical world together, right? It's all about digital twins. Uh, we have seen a huge uptake in in um, in the enterprise world where where consumer where where enterprises have started saying, you know, rather than work on the physical, let's work on the digital, tune it, you know, and and test it out and really you know extend it and then really work on the physical. And I and I truly believe that's going to play a huge part in in the role of how uh, enterprises are going to actually uh, focus on how they bring things to a more of a realism. So that's thank, that. Thank you very much, Sam. I, what is that thing again behind you? It's It looks like it's about to take off. Is it part of a... <laughs> it's, a it's a robotic arm where we have edge software, uh, you know, attached to it and we have our software uh, embedded and so on and so on. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's very, so very cool. I, I was at Dollywood recently, and the, the big uh, original, the coal-fired engine train takes you around, and they're building some kind of a new ride, and it's got orange pieces like that. So I, I wonder, never mind, never mind, Bonnie. Let's go to Lynn Moffat. Lynn, you're next. Talk to us. Predictions. All right. Thank you, Bonnie. And it's great to be back on your show again. So I'm going to dive right, right into my predictions. Uh, so prediction number one, the future of work and, and the way we work ha has changed forever. And if there's one thing that we have learned from the pandemic, it's where and how we work is constantly evolving. And technology will continue to, to be key to enabling this, this flexibility. In 2023, tech will orchestrate pertinent data pipelines and free up employees to focus on hashtag innovation. The continued evolution of the employee experience is going to be digital. Employers will start to mimic the consumer experience, but in the workplace so that they can better empower their employees. Prediction number two, becoming a socially responsible organization will continue to be a huge focus in the years ahead. People want to buy from and employees want to be a part of organizations that make the right decisions on climate change, DE&I, and other major global issues. Also, investors want to invest in companies that are focusing on deliberate and strategic ESG programs, which have positive social impact. Prediction number three, in the battle for talent, businesses are going to start to focus on truly dedicating themselves to achieving pay equity and pay transparency across the globe. 
There are various methods of achieving this, but businesses will initially turn to thorough reviews and identifying the steps they must take to achieve pay equity across gender, race, and the intersection of gender and race. Companies may then turn to outside organizations for public validation of their efforts. For example, there is the, the Fair Pay Workplace Certification, which is based on a transparent and trusted set of rules established by leading academic and business industry experts to differentiate organizations dedicated to true pay equity. Pay equity is an important first step on the journey to overall increased pay transparency. Prediction number four, there is going to be increased transparency, not only with pay, but in other areas of the workplace, particularly in employee listening and sharing feedback among managers. As global organizations embrace becoming an autonomous digital enterprise and the tech that supports digital transformation, managers will have increased visibility and therefore autonomy in the organization. And now I'm getting to my last prediction. So prediction number five, uh, it, it, this also integrates with the competition for talent, but focuses on the development and retention of that talent. Global businesses will enhance employee personal and professional development via increased investment in online learning platforms, such as LinkedIn Learning or Exec Online, which provide virtual on-demand coursework to help employees grow their skill set. So no matter where your employees are or what time of day it is, employers can truly create a culture of digital learning for all of their employees. And that's it. Back to you, Bonnie. Thank you very much. I, I'm going to make a suggestion here, really way out in left or right field. As I've started, as I mentioned before we started the show, I signed up for ChatGPT which is either going to be the darling of the writing and educational world or it's going to be the, the evil, almost twin that people don't want to know you used. And I'm wondering, I know that writing has been a skill that has not been emphasized in a lot of companies because I've been doing business writing for decades and I see a lot of writing that could be better. I didn't say stylized like me, I just said better, cleaner, crisper, more focused, getting to the point. I'm wondering if companies might use chat GPT or some kind of chatbot like that, Lynn, to educate, talk about online learning, to teach somebody how to put together an executive summary. Wow, Sam likes that. What an idea. This is how, if I asked you to write an opening to a report or a novel or something, could it look like this? Could it be proper sentence structure and interesting use of words and not repeating things and be readable and consumable. Lynn, just quickly, what do you think that could be one of the tools as an example? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, th I think that the tools that we have today are, are, are going to be different for the tools that we use tomorrow and whatever tools we can use to be better, faster, more efficient and be able to communicate cleanly across, across global organizations uh, are, are, are absolutely going to be the tools of the future. Cleanly, that's it. Communicate cleanly. That's what I was going for. Thank you very much. Tom Soderstrom, you're up next. Talk to us. I could almost say uh, ditto. Uh, everything that, that everyone has said is I completely agree with. Uh, so I will do the ones that are perhaps new. Uh, in 2020, we came up with what are the eight global trends for 2021 to 2025. And uh, I'm going to double down on the ones that we've seen this year. Uh, you have to work backwards to see what our customers going to expect. One of the big things that's changing this year is it's going from these long-term trends to generating near-term cash uh, because of the economy. One of the things we'll see at the end, give it two years and you'll see some amazing startups pop up. And these startups will be coming from because they have access to all the data. They can work from wherever, including on an island. 
uh, and they will have access at uh, a single millisecond latency to data from anywhere on the internet. So the big predictions here is really about being productive at the edge. And if you look at the mega trends, it's many, many more sensors, especially biosensors like the new Apple smartwatch. Uh, and it ties into the medical industry, as we learned from the pandemic, we need to do healthcare differently. So this medical, internet of medical things, internet of space things, all of that's gonna be accessible from anywhere. Generate lots and lots and lots of data, as, as uh, Jennifer said, and that data will be processed in the cloud, run machine learning algorithms on it, and pushed out to the edge. And now you have access to anything at any time. Um, so I think the big trend is productive at the edge, where robots uh, will be perfected with digital twins. And the mega trend is smarter everything. And smarter everything is because it has connectivity, it has AI, and it has usefulness. And what you'll see is you'll see these digital twins, as Sam mentioned, um, these digital twins where you can simulate the environment before you build it, whether it's hardware or software. Uh, AWS just released a new thing where you can simulate a, a, a digital environment like a metaverse and see what happens. Could you fit a million people on the streets in Las Vegas? Turns out you can't. So how do you do that? Uh, so I think that's the synthetic data is going to be really big. AI is no longer, uh, AI winter is over. We have faced an IoT winter, and that IoT winter is over. So all of a sudden, people who didn't make money on IoT will start making money. Smarter hospitals, smarter cities, and they're built to become smarter. Uh, you could call it uh, a hyper-connected intelligent world like Forbes does. Um, the last one here is, if you look at what happens in the enterprise where I work, you have to look at the consumer space. And the consumer space is really about the quantified cell. How do I become a better golfer? I put a chip on my club and it measures my swing. Tennis, et cetera, skiing. That applied at scale will make for a more efficient enterprise. And I think that's uh, where we will see a lot of productivity. Uh, and it's gonna be a fun year and watch for those coming startups, including in space, where it's my favorite place to be. I was going to thank you, Tom. I was going to ask you any any predictions, if I can, without getting political on where space is going in the next yeah. year or two. Please, please. I know everybody would love to hear that. Go ahead. Certainly. Um, so we talk a lot about the new space economy and the new space economy is it isn't just the Soviet Union and the U.S. anymore. It's everybody, including startups, universities, governments, uh, 10 new national space agencies in the last five years. Uh, so it's about the new technology, and it's all about Internet of Things, but in space. AWS, we've already extended the Internet into space. It's not a different Internet, it's the same one. And it's about the chips on the satellites being able to communicate much faster and do intelligence on the chip themselves. And it's a global, global trend. And we will launch another 20,000 satellites uh, over the next few years. So... Exciting times. 20,000. And, and I know drones are so much in the conversation in so many different ways. I get pitched by drone companies 
all the time to come on the show. I've done a couple of specials on, on various uses of drones. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate that. Let's turn our attention to Aditya Varma. Aditya, we love everybody. I have to tell you, you're all so efficient and so effective. You've all beat the three and a half minute clock and we are way ahead of time. So I'm going to probably do a second round if we have more time because we're just way ahead of the clock. Aditya, take your time. Go ahead. Hello, Bonnie. And uh, thank you for having me here today. So uh, the last uh, 365 has been a roller coaster ride. Uh, I I've actually believe uh, none of us could have predicted what was coming. However, the constant through it all has been the rapidly evolving technology to overcome our near uh, our near term obstacles and uh, to realize, I would say, our long term opportunities. Uh, we can create technology to help us advance in areas from education to healthcare to government services and space beyond. As uh, we begin uh, 2023, I see three predictions uh, becoming a reality. Prediction one, walled gardens will crumble into uh, tech ecosystems. So I'm, I'm talking about the cloud. In the early days of the cloud, uh, most companies ended up uh, adopting uh, multiple private, public, edge, and even uh, telecom clouds to drive their business. This uh, multiple cloud uh, stage creates huge access to innovation. In 2022, we saw an industry shift to multi-cloud architectures. In 2023, we can expect accelerated innovation to focus on making the entire technology ecosystem work as a platform for digital transformation. We can also expect organizations to lean into technology that gives them flexibility and open access to innovation and to partners who can coordinate the sprawl into an automated working system. And there's a good reason for this uh, because no single solution, platform or provider will deliver on the full promise of technology and which means that the proverbial walled gardens of closed ecosystems will eventually crumble. That is prediction one. Uh, moving to prediction two. Momentum will accelerate uh, for zero trust architecture. I, I always have to talk about security, don't I? <laughs> The digital uh, transformation of the global economy is increasing the number of potential attack surfaces, millions of IoT devices and uh, a very large attack service. With organizations transforming their security strategies, many are looking at a zero trust architecture to better secure their environments. The three main tenets being universal continuous authentication of everything. Robust authoritative policy-driven behavior and deeply integrated threat management. The prevailing challenge is that the current state of the industry and technology makes integration of zero trust complex for most. However, efforts are universally on to ease the burden and simplify this process. Ultimately, in a highly distributed uh, multi-cloud world where everything is connected, zero trust will become the foundation for a new level of data security and trust 
which we definitely need for the very rapidly fast evolving, very connected world. Moving on to prediction three, technology will define the new work experience. So adding on to what you know, Lynn had said, in today's uh, do anything from anywhere economy, the future of work is evolving. And as we design for a hybrid world, technology rather than physical workspace will increasingly define the employee experience. Version one of work from anywhere was about the anywhere part. The next phase of the journey is about making the work part better. We need the right tools and devices, the right workspaces for collaboration and the right culture to make work work well. Industry now realizes that having the right client capability form factor and ecosystem of peripherals creates the complete environment needed to have the competitive advantage. After all, from building culture to driving innovation to serving mankind, technology is the fulcrum of progress. So multi-cloud, zero trust architecture and tech-driven new work experience are three predictions at the top of my mind for 2023. But if there's one thing 2022 taught us, it's how it's, you know, how hard it is to predict the future. So 2023 will be full of unknowns and surprises, but I'm confident that innovation will drive amazing progress. And I'm excited with all of you all here for what lies ahead. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Thank you, Ajay. I appreciate that. And I love the message to everybody at the end. That's very, very nice. Angela, you are up. Go ahead, regale us. What do you see coming up or down the pike for 2023? Angela Nakora. Thank you, Bonnie. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, from my side, I would like to share with you a couple of uh, predictions for this coming year based on my experience with uh, uh, industry partners as well as uh, this academia environment where a lot of innovation takes place in a, in a research space. Uh, one of the strongest predictions from my side is related to, uh, to IoT devices. So uh, there is an explosion of IoT devices, as you probably have heard. There will be about 42 billion estimated by the end of 2025. So uh, going to this, uh, to this area and this space, uh, connected devices will continue to define and, and basically transform many businesses in the years to come. And I totally agree with um, with Jennifer, her initial uh, uh, prediction related to where is this going? Uh, basically, it's all about the data and every business is seeking a competitive advantage through data. But let me share about uh, where these connected devices come in. So my vision is that there will be these this, this billions of devices. They will become smaller and smaller, smarter and smarter. Um, they will always uh, run, they will always sense, they will be connected, uh, they will um, transfer the data to the edge layer as well as to the cloud uh, from, uh, from the edge computing layer up to, uh, up to the cloud and they will be all these transmissions secure. Uh, they will be done uh, through low power capabilities because they will become smaller and smaller and less uh, 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 more and more efficient, more computation will be possible on these devices. And this will be uh, deployed in areas that have been never imagined before. Many of these billion devices 
they will uh, be energy neutral, uh, more specifically net zero energy devices where uh, they are capable to harvest energy from uh, solar panels or, or, for example, from uh, a form of heat from the environment and or motion to balance the computing and computation needs to uh, and in order to transfer this data to the edge layer and from there to the to the cloud computing layer. So um, this allows us to basically deploy and have an area of applications and innovations in, in areas that have not been possible before in the, uh, the mankind uh, uh, time, let's say like that. A second prediction which I have from my side is that everything is going to be fully networked and, and intelligent. So these devices are going to evolve, they will become smarter and smarter. They will be deployed in uh, all these areas that have not been possible before. And by doing that, they will generate a lot of data, a lot of information, a lot of, uh, um, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, data will be sensed, uh, different intelligence sensors will be used, like uh, Tom mentioned uh, before as well. And so in this, in this field, the, I see the edge computing, like the other colleagues have mentioned, will evolve and will continue to evolve and will have more and more uh, power to uh, compute this data, to process, to filter this data, and to take the value out of this data and send it further on to the cloud. And um, Tom mentioned about latency. This is something extremely important that I see it as a strong value, uh, how to make it more performant, uh, how to make it more secure and, and how to send this uh, valuable data to the cloud, big cloud, cloud platforms that will then use them to, uh, to analyze them further and provide intelligence to, to, to us as humans. Then uh, the other part I see, uh, digitalization will advance uh, in multiple uh, manufacturing industrial areas. I see a lot of uh, innovation in the field of factories, where factories will become smarter and smarter. I see a lot of innovation in uh, smart buildings uh, and bringing the buildings to a level of intelligence where it will help us to save energy, uh, to have more quality water, to, to have all this intelligence that will help us to, to bring our level of comfort to a next level. And that's where I see immense uh, innovation and bringing this coming in 2023. Uh, it's advancing to this uh, uh, quite fast. And the last part I would like to share with you today, it's about um, uh, personalized uh, services and preferences for the users. I see this uh, in the next uh, years to come, also uh, exciting years for industry and also for consumers, where I see drones, I see connected cars, I see all these mobile uh, uh, kind of platforms will have more and more personalized uh, uh, intelligence services they will provide us and you basically uh, will be able to uh, to use this for uh, for um, uh, uh, having they basically know more and more about us and they will be able to uh, to give us this intelligence level of intelligence that was not uh, possible before and this is possible with uh, intelligence deployments uh, architectures like Aditya mentioned before I see the infrastructure uh, level of evolvement and where all these modular 
uh, architecture and design is going to evolve uh, on the on the communication level, security level, uh, co-design, software hardware co-design, but also the networks uh, part where 5G, 6G is going to evolve. We are talking about 6G designs, but actually they are in action and they are going to be deployed soon. And I can also uh, relate to Tom's in the space where I see the orbital edge computing coming, Tom, where all this IoT uh, uh, computation, uh, we call it now, uh, edge computing, but is going to be pushed to the to the space, and we call it orbital edge computing level. And uh, this will bring us to the other side of the planet, where all these intelligence services will be provided to us. Angela, thank you so much. I I have to tell you, in terms of devices getting smaller and better network connectivity, uh, I'm in Loudon, Tennessee now, and we had a mild thunderstorm the other day, and I didn't lose power. And I didn't lose my modem or router. Nothing happened. But the TV decided it couldn't stream anymore. I tried five times to enter my password, okay, my network password, and it rejected it every time. I am now running back and forth checking notes to see if I ever updated the password in the past three months since I moved here. And I didn't. What do you think the fix was, everybody? What do you think fixed the problem? Reboots. Pull the plug out of the wall from the TV and wait 10 seconds, plug it back into the wall, turn it on, everything was just fine. There was nothing wrong with my password. Just always works. Always yes. works. All right. When in doubt, turn the damn thing off. Anyway, Angela, thank you. I want to go to Rob Petrosino. You're up, Rob. Go ahead. Yeah, super excited. Thank you, Bonnie. Um, I think 2023, like everyone just said, is the year of digital twin. Uh, think of digital twin as being a representation of a physical thing in the virtual world, right? Then you add in the five different layers of that digital twin it could be, right? If we're talking about a digital twin of a couch, layer one is that you know what color, shape, and size that couch is in a digital manifested form. Layer five is you have a couch that knows how many times it's been sat on, what's going on, if you change the paint color in that room, and can also call maintenance and say, hey, this couch couldn't needs to be replaced, right? So we are going to be moving into the year of digital twin not only for products in your room, but for warehouses, digital businesses, and probably the most interesting one that everyone's been revolving around is digital twin of a human, right? Your medical records, your electronic medical records, your Apple Watch that we were talking about, right? So to enable that, you need all the system structures, infrastructure, data, cloud computing, Every single layer of organizations are going to be starting to push for this because as we digitize the workforce, as we automate the workforce, as we add generative machine learning on top of that, that's where we're going to be moving towards, right? This digital twin that can not only understand its environment, understand the data and what's happening and understanding what workers are, are going on in that specific facility, but then also make predictive maintenance and deploy teams when they think things are going to break, right? So I really think that 2023 is going to bring this about and everything's related from the IoT side to augmented reality and virtual reality headsets, digital twins of physical uh, spaces, metaverse style activities for training the workforce so you don't have to fly them out to specific locations. On the other side of the coin, I think we really went for the direct-to-consumer market into interactive selling experiences. Mm -hmm. Everyone is pushing now towards this. Is it hyper-customized? Can I make it the way I want it? Can I interact with it on every single device that I have from a desktop to designing my own chair or couch 
through an iPhone, we're dropping it in the room so I could see what it looks like, or an Android tablet, and then ultimately being able to purchase that. That interactive selling experience is really key for the users. We've gone outside of the isolation phase of code. We are moving back more towards in-person events. You see Netflix and other organizations opening up mall shops and interactive experiences for their own selling for shows. This is the tide on the consumer side. So big, big, big push on the digital twin. It's going to optimize, make workers more efficient. Uh, it's going to ultimately reduce the higher margins. And then on the consumer side, I really think it's going to be interactive and personalized selling experiences where your experience is completely different from my experience. And you're going to have a much better time purchasing whatever it is from a couch to a house to a yacht. Whatever it may be, it will be personalized for sure. Thank you. It's time for a new red couch. I might have to do that soon. It's, I've been dragging it from state to state with me for how many years? Thank you, Rob. Really appreciate that. Let's move to Surya. Panditi, you're up. Talk to me. Hi, Bonnie. Well, firstly, thank you for having me here. Um, you know, my first prediction is the resurgence of nuclear energy. And let me take a step back and uh, talk a bit more about my background and my big belief in um, renewables, the traditional renewables like wind, solar, and now more and more storage attached wind and solar energy. But we're seeing at the same time the electrification of everything. It's electrification of transportation. We'll start to see electrification of um, you know everything you use in the home and the business. And so my prediction is that we will see a renewed embrace of nuclear, especially given the advantage, the recent developments around SMRs, the smart modular reactors. We saw an exciting announcement around fusion um, about a month ago, maybe. Um, I'm not saying that it come into production use. Obviously, these take many years to build. And um, in the same time, We'll need to see more transmission lines, especially in the United States. You know, we have a problem with uh, not enough capacity on the transmission, aging transmission lines. So I do, and very specifically, I would say we will see approvals for maybe two, 300 megawatt nuclear um, going in, happening in 2023 in, uh, in the United States. Now it's happening in some other countries already, but um, given some of the uh, um, impact of um, um, natural gas prices, of uh, obviously still concern around uh, fossil fuels. I think there will be an embracing of nuclear as a base load, um, capable, clean energy. So that's my first prediction. The second one, um, Angela, Sam, Tom already talked about is really the, um, you know, a previous employer of mine used to call it fog computing, but the edge computing coming back into more of a you know, and, and latency mattering because of uh, mobile uh, connected uh, devices, automobiles, drones, many, many different types of um, um, endpoints where all of a sudden the speed of light uh, latency does matter. And so I expect to see where the computing may happen. Uh, the, I should say the algorithm, the AI, the machine learning may happen in the cloud, but then it gets pushed down in some compact manner into the edge where you can make um, much more real-time decisions for connected devices. 
So I won't go over what um, Angela, Tom, and uh, Sam already covered, but I do expect to see that the um, the mobility component of it is also going to drive a lot of these uh, use cases and applications. Now, in addition to that, of course, we have things like um, um, security, um, you've got industrial automation, a lot of those uh, applications driving as well, the um, the resurgence of, um, or, or the final, finally seeing some movement around uh, increased edge computing. Okay, the third one, prediction, Twitter will get sold. And for a lot less than 40 billion or 44 billion. So that's my my third prediction. And I think all of you have been watching this. this um, I don't know. I guess I should use the word drama. But, yes, uh, that's the word. Stay, keep it non-political, just drama. We'll just go with that nice, clean word. Yeah, everybody loves drama. So I expect to see that. And then the last one is just out of this. We talked about space. I want to go much deeper into space. You know, um, a very famous astronomer, Vera Rubin, was the first one to um, determine the actual to to provide data that showed that the rotation of galaxies at the at the edge of galaxies the stars should be flying away given the the speed at which they are um, revolving around the the central uh, black hole um, and for a long time there were multiple theories about what was um, happening there. One is, of course, dark matter, which is what we now think is the is the predominant thinking. There were also um, other theories proposed around uh, maybe um, gravity has a different behavior at galaxy scales. Like um, there was a theory called um, MOND or modified and uh, Newtonian dynamics. But my prediction for 2023, and maybe it's also a wish, is that we'll finally have some tangible. Um, evidence, not evidence, but tangible um, uh, identification of what is dark matter. Thank you very much. Very interesting. I went in an interesting direction. Tom, I think you have one quick comment for him because I want to get to Phil. Tom, go ahead, fast. Oh, no. That, uh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. I thought you raised your hand. I was saying thumbs up on dark energy. It's awesome. Thumbs up. There you go. Phil Vincennes. Talk to us. What are your predictions? Go ahead. All right. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. And I'd also like to take this moment to remind everybody that mm -hmm. today is National Spaghetti Day. Just thought I'd <laughs> toss that in there. So my, my crystal ball prediction is around the buzz being generated by OpenAI's release of GPT-3, namely chat GPT, uh, which I think is the most advanced form of AI available in the public domain. Uh, it can write code, it can author college-level papers, it can even yes. write music, and it does all of this remarkably well. Yes. Uh, it's still in its infancy, but I believe it'll soon be one of the greatest disruptors we've ever seen in modern technologies. So uh, let's compare it to Google search, uh, which returns a page of ranked links. Uh, ChatGPT can actually solve problems. It can create. So think about that for a moment. Uh, it creates. But my question is, who owns that AI-generated content, and what are the ethical, moral, and legal issues around using it? And, and there lies my, my rub and the basis of my prediction for this technology. So, so my prediction is that AI, like ChatGPT, is going to completely upend and challenge current legal thinking around issues like copyright law, intellectual property ownership, and most certainly a host of security issues. So, so here are some challenge questions as examples. Can I 
copyright content that I generate by OpenAI? What if I use ChatGPT to write a book that ends up on the New York Times bestseller list? Does OpenAI <laughs> own that or anyone else have ownership rights to the content? I don't know. What if I use ChatGPT to compose music and lyrics that hit the top 40 or crush it on iTunes? Who, who's the artist? Who's the songwriter? Who's the owner? Do we even care? Uh, and what if I use the same AI to solve a previously unsolvable problem? Simply as a result of me typing the right query into a chat GPT search box. Uh, and then it goes on to win a Nobel Prize for my work. How do I feel about that? How do we all feel about that type of thing? Um, uh, security. Uh, I, I come from a security place as well. And, and, and I, I don't know if anyone knows this, but already, <clears throat> just weeks after its release, Cyber researchers used ChatGPT to generate phishing content that outperformed campaigns that were manually created. So a, a bot was able to, to outperform a human uh, in, in, in drawing you in to click on links. So the point is, uh, I think that we're entering uncharted territory when it comes to the legal and ethical and moral implications of AI use. And in the coming months, it's going to get more interesting when OpenAI releases GPT-4. GPT-4 will be a hundred times a monumental leap over the current GPT-3 wow. capabilities. And it will have the ability to process over 100 trillion parameters. That matches that of the human brain. So I think the new release is going to be mind-blowing. And to some, I'm sure it will be unsettling. And I, I believe that GPT-4 is going to fuel the conversation around many of these legal and ethical use questions. So we're already seeing this in Canada. Uh, there's a bill, C-27, that is scheduled for a second hearing in the House of Commons, and it will likely become law this year and will be the first AI regulation in the world. So as AI makes its way into the public domain, I think these topics are going to quickly find their way into mainstream media. Uh, we'll all hear about them. They'll be front and center in the coming year. And I predict that it is going to be a wild and fascinating ride. And, and I truly believe that the world will look back on this moment that we're in today of tech transition. And someday it's going to be considered one of the most significant periods in our evolution when humans began making machines that were smarter than any single person. So there you have it. That's my crystal ball prediction. Thank you, Phil. And that's an interesting question. Uh, did you just give me a second here. I'll get to you and, and Rob. Yeah, we'll do a quick roundtable on this one. Um, I, I asked it to write the opening to something similar. I've been working on a novella. I'm up to about 23,000 words, which is not even close to a book, but a novella for about a year and a half now. And I asked it to write something similar to what I, how I open my comedy murder mystery. It's more funny than mystery, actually. And it came up in one second with an opening of about eight sentences that was so fantastically, wonderfully crisp and to the point. It named a detective. It said he was going to get into absurd hilarity, the funniest case. I said, write me a humorous opening. And it did. The question is, Phil, how would chat GPT or AI know if I copy and paste that into my book and I self-publish it, how would they find it? How would they know? Well, there, there is, uh, they do have an algorithm that will check and give you a confidence interval of, of whether or not they think that it's been generated. But, but um, it's really difficult to prove in the court yes. of law. And, and as you probably heard, the, uh, the student that was in South Carolina, you know, the professor, you know, uh, they were writing, he, uh, the student turned in a philosophy paper and, uh, and it was all written by ChatGPT. Wow. I want to give Aditya 30 seconds and then Tom has one more prediction to add. Aditya, talk. Go ahead. Uh, right. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I totally agree with Phil. 
this did come up in my mind uh, you know i'd come across something that there was a fantastic painting which had been done again by ai right so a, a different ai but now uh, when we talk about uh, something like chat uh, uh, gpt just imagine uh, the concept of ipr will 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 totally uh, come a big question uh, better technology um, music song art uh, they were considered mm. uh, uh, talents human skills right i understand that maybe the chat gpt as of now doesn't really understand what it is doing i mean what, it mm. it is away from being a sentinel being right i'm 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 uh, at the risk of maybe being wrong i don't know what Ch chat gpt4 brings in maybe you know phil can uh, fill us up uh, fill uh, fill us up on that it's another but show <laughs> are, it's another yes but we are seriously treading into some real unknown territory absolutely rob 30 seconds you want to come in and then time i'll wrap, wrap with you go ahead yeah absolutely so as of december 23rd of last year a comic book that was partially written by an AI chatbot was revoked from uh, copyright. Uh, so the U.S. Uh, copyright office is pulling copyright related to that. So we are in untested waters. It is going to be crazy, uh, and I'm super excited for it. I'm, I'm, I'm and, all in. And by the way, when it gave me back this opening to a novel, I pasted it into Google to see if it had copied it from somewhere. I wanted to know the reverse, <laughs> Phil. I wanted to know if this was plagiarized content or whether it was original AI, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Tom, one minute, go. And so I think the overall trend that we're seeing in AWS is that customers want to experiment with advanced technology without betting the farm, because we don't know where it's going to go. And the things we're seeing, uh, I'm, I'm so excited about the future, experimentation is flourishing in blockchain, in quantum uh, networking, in quantum computing, in the metaverse, uh, definitely it's not a fad, it's something that's here to stay. In data, uh, in how you share, how you collaborate, and how you monetize data. Uh, in energy, and especially batteries, uh, and of course in synthetic data. So I think all of this, uh, if you look at a petri dish, a life and death petri dish of innovation startups, it's Consumer Electronics Show. It's starting this week. Yep. And some of those become real and they enter the, the future. So I would take a look and see what's coming out of the, uh, the CES yep. uh, and uh, enjoy it. It's in the I news. Thank you very much. Amazing startups. I, I think so. What I'd like to do now is have everybody just blurt out, well, I'll call you and just give me your favorite holiday drink if you want to share that. Lynn, I'm just going to go around the screen. Lynn, holiday drink, what did you enjoy? All right, eggnog. Okay, with or without the rum, you can tell me. With. <laughs> okay, mine was without. There we got two. Jennifer, what do you have for the holidays? Unmute there. My favorite seasonal drink is hot cider. Oh, nice. Angela, what about you? For me, it's a champagne pony. Okay. Surya, <laughs> what about you? Uh, unfortunately, I don't change. I, I guess I'm stuck in my big red wine um, like um, holidays or not. Thank you very much. Aditya, unmute. Old Monk, it's a dark rum. It's a dark Indian rum with Coke and a slice of lime. Ooh, Rob, talk to me. Yeah, holiday-wise, it's got to be eggnog, extra splash rum. There you go. Phil, what about you? Brunel de Montalcino. Thank you. I'm glad you can pronounce that. Tom, what about you? A Swedish uh, hot spiced wine called Glug. Not Gluga, yes. And Sam? 
Hey, I'm a simple guy. I just do IP beer, so I'm good. There you go. I want to do a shout out to, again, to three ladies at BMC who helped put together the Savvy Innovators this year. Stephanie Grubbs worked so hard. Janelle Along, Diacabana, also with her, and Hannah Cho. The word from Hannah Cho. I always look forward to her posts on LinkedIn. And thank you for introducing me to the three of them introducing me to all of you and I want to do a shout out to my engineer Andrew the friendly engineer at Voice America Radio always ask my guests how are you today and we always answer him back because he's really cool I'm Bonnie D and I want to say to my panelists I want you to all lift your finger and we're going to do a quick 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 thing here people say the future is already here and on the Kenneth we say no 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 and our answer is one two three no 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 somebody say yes that was yesterday's future today's future hasn't happened yet and we're gonna make it a better one aren't we bonnie d signing off don't go away we'll take some more pictures by the linkedin by the facebook by the voice america thank you for joining us for technology revolution the future of now mark your calendar to join host bonnie d graham every wednesday at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now